If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, this is CJ Graham, Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Part 6, and you're listening to Canned Air Podcast. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us this week, boys, we got a it's kitchen a full house. packed full of cooks. Let me tell you what. Here to talk about the Tour Gaming Expo, which is Ohio's largest gaming convention, happening November 5th at the Ohio Expo Center from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Unless you're a VIP, you can get in at 9 a.m. Uh, go to torgevents.com to check out more. We welcome Mike Coletti, Alex Johnson, and Norm Blythe to the show. Gentlemen, thank you all for being here. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. I'm excited. We, I mean, we've been talking, what, about 10, 15 minutes now here, and we've been laughing our asses <laughs> off. So <laughs> I think we're in for a good no. episode. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a good episode for you guys today in our Retro Roundtable. We're going to be talking about some of the scariest uh, scenes from uh, movies, television shows, video games we can think of. And uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys uh, have, because the one that came to my mind I haven't thought about in quite a while. I think I talked about it years ago on the show, but it kind of left my mind. So I'm, I may have too. I might well. be rehashing, but hey, it's Anytime we can bring up past trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then after we do that, we're going to turn our attention over to the guys and talk more about Tour Gaming Expo. But before we do anything, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to show some support, like uh, you like what we're doing, head to CandAirPodcast.com where there's a few different ways you can support us. You can go to our merch page. There's all kinds of different T-shirts and uh, mugs, stickers with hoodies, des- hoodies. hoodies designed by uh, Joshua Bellis. Some really cool stuff. Hats. Hats. There's TMNT themed. Uh, uh, what else? Star Wars. Star Wars. Simpsons. 80s themed. Yep. It's really cool shit. So check it out. And also a link to go to our Patreon page, uh, where for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to hours upon hours of extra content. Uh, so check that out. And if you can't support us uh, financially, then just head over to your podcast player of choice and leave us a review. Because I tell you what, that stuff helps us a lot. It's not just making us feel good about ourselves. I promise you. <laughs> and uh, Randy, what am I forgetting, sir? Uh, check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. All right. Well, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. All right, guys, the scariest scenes from movies, television shows, and video games. Randy, kick us off, man. All right, so in honor of the Tor Gaming Expo, one of my favorite games growing up was The Legends of Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time on the N64, Mm -hmm. and uh, used to play the shit out of that game, and there were always... Is that scary? Well, (laughs) 
fucker. I know the mask kid is. He's a sheltered boy. Uh, you know, there was always this these enemies in there that used to freak me out, which are the Redeads. And they're these like little zombie uh, guys that would just basically hop on you and just choke you to death. And they have like a really like distinctive like cry like when they're in the area. So you would always just try and like avoid the fuck out of them or shoot them or throw a bomb at them. So hmm. makes me kind of think of uh, do you, any of you guys ever play the Left 4 Dead series at all? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The witch. Yeah. The witch. The yeah. crying witch. Oh, right? Yeah. I will never <laughs> forget the first time I saw her. Mm-hmm. Like that was I was like, oh, someone needs my help. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, are you OK? <laughs> and all your friends are screaming at you. They're like, why'd you wake her up? I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much exactly how it went down. But as the horde comes and wipes you all four out, <laughs> she was relentless too. But anyway, I'm sorry, Randy. Continue. Uh, that was pretty much it. All right. Well, very good. Uh, who would like to go next? Uh, how about you, Alex? So mine also is not really like from an actual scary movie, but it definitely caused the most childhood trauma. So mm. I feel like it's the best choice. Sure. Um. <laughs> On the original Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, there's that scene where Bilbo kind of reaches for Frodo's ring in Rivendell and he like g- yeah, gains yeah. like kind of like a ghostly appearance and his yes. eyes kind of change. And uh, when I was a kid, I watched that DVD so much that the DVD kind of got messed up in spots. <laughs> and so it would skip ahead. And for some reason, like from any point from when they get to Rivendell, it was a ticking time bomb and it was never the exact same spot. It would always just jump right ahead straight into that jump scare. So like little little 13 year old, 12 year old me sitting there watching his DVD. You know, I would always be like afraid when they got to Rivendell because I'm like, it's going to come up at some point. It's going to scare the shit out of me. But I love these movies so much. And then just, but there it is. He's grabbing for Frodo's ring every time. And every time I would jump like a, like I just got terrified. You just picture Alex sitting there like Buddy the Elf and Elf when he's sitting there with the Jack in the Box. <laughs> testing yeah. him out and he's just like, uh. Well, remember, it makes me think of those like old uh, maze games you'd find online. You'd get a friend to play and you have to like get oh, your yeah. arrow through the maze without touching the walls and, and they'd be into it and then like up, yeah, yeah a witch or a zombie would come up in your face <laughs> yeah <laughs> new grounds e-bombs world That's yes yes is that still around i don't think, think so. so don't think so I, i'm sure if it is it's probably just ridden with like advertisements probably yeah. single moms <laughs> in your area <laughs> <laughs> yep all right well that was good that was a good one um, and let's jump over to Mike. Mike, what you got? Oh, man. Uh, okay, so by far scariest, like, okay, so the scariest game I played was actually Condemned Criminal Origins. But that game was so good. scariest moment I remember when I was playing through Fear for the first time. Um, that game has a lot of random jump scares. And um, I remember there's a part in the game and Alma, which is like the psychic uh creepy little girl that you're essentially running from the entire time think of the ring the Mm -hmm. little the girl that crawls out but um anyways there's a part where you go to climb down a ladder and as you're climbing down the ladder right when you look forward for the first time you see her standing over you shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) yeah criminal uh um condemned criminal origins like that game is that it was just filled full of creepy moments because the ai is just so random and so crazy that sounds good i might have to look that up on youtube i've never uh, heard of that but 
I've always seen um, that yeah. fear like gameplay. It was just like first person shooter. I think I played demos and stuff, but never really got this, cool. the scary part of it. But the uh, Condemned Criminal Origins is probably one of the scariest games I've played, mainly due, due to the, the AI. The AI is so random. And uh, they hide around corners. They wait for you to come around. And their whole thing is just to, like, swing from around the corner. And they just talk shit to you the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wow. insane. In addition to, uh, it's so funny because if enemies hit each other, they'll start fighting each other because they're they're just like crazed people the entire time. But yeah, the AI was like ahead of its time, like way ahead of its time. Creepy, creepy game. When did that come out? 360. Oh, wow. Launch 360, yeah. Yep. It was like one of the launch, I think it was a launch title. I could be wrong. but it That was, was one uh, of the first yeah. ones I had when I had the 360. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And then it had a really goofy sequel. Yeah, it was goofy. <laughs> well, it, it yes. went from it went from horror cop thriller to um, paranormal. Yeah, like you shoot crows out of your hands or something like that. Like uh, get chased what? by like a zombie bear. Yeah, I mean the whole series, the dude is essentially just losing his mind over yeah. the entirety of the game. But um, is that the one where he like shoots, has like a unicorn and shoots rainbows out of its ass, or am I thinking of something else? What I'll, I'll take the look on Alex's face. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> I gotta quit playing those free flash games online. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs down. <laughs> Stay away from E Bomb's world, Randy. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, Norm, what you got, sir? All right. Um, so I think mine comes from like the best horror movie in the world, Titanic. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I think the best scare that I've ever had was, uh, I think it was maybe Resident Evil 1 or 2, when you're walking through the police building, and then that liquor comes out of the hallway through the glass mm. at you. So I, I always played it at night. Yeah, I was going to say, I always played it at night, and that I think I pissed myself when I watched it, or when I first <laughs> seen that. It was pretty rough. But yeah, yeah that was always my best jump scare one. So on that, Norm, it's so funny because of Resident Evil 3 where Nemesis jumps through the window in the hallway. Yes. I remember I was playing with my buddy. I literally threw up the remote and I, I think I was like maybe 12. And it was like the first time I remember like cussing more than once. I was like, fuck this shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we ran right. into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean because you couldn't play resident evil with lights on you had to no, be like by yourself or with like your body that was great i used to do the same thing with doom 3 i'd turn the lights off and put my noise canceling headphones on jesus that was wow <laughs> well, you gotta get maximum f- effect when you're playing these kind of games yep. yeah what, what's the point yeah. of playing it in the middle of the day <laughs> Right. There's this game called Phasmophobia that I played in VR recently. There's a video of me somewhere on my Facebook. It's so funny because it's I think a I watched some of that one. Yeah. That game is scary for no reason. It's ghost hunting, right? But yep. I was playing it in VR and it's so funny because your character you can't you can't run. You're always like a slow walk, but you can always slightly walk faster than the ghost. <laughs> So we were in this one-story house, and there was an island in the kitchen, and we started getting haunted, and this ghost appeared behind me, and the whole time you can, like, 
hear it breathing on the back of your neck mm-hmm. and hear it like whispering. Oh so I'm just God. like freaking out and I'm trying to run from this thing and everybody's just laughing, watching me from afar. Cause I'm just doing circles around this thing. And it was creeping me out so bad that I started moving in the real world just to get away. It's <laughs> <laughs> wow. pretty bad. Speaking of VR games, isn't there a new one where like you're a Bigfoot hunter and Bigfoot's like chasing you? And you gotta like hide out in a cabin or something. I think I've seen something oh. like that. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about that one. That yet. sounds like awesome. Bigfoot game. Was yeah. those unicorns shooting rainbows out their ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they do. Yes. The one I had seen, it's like you're in an RV. Like you're a bit, you're a Bigfoot hunter, but you're in an RV. And you have to go out in the woods, but it'll chase you back and like beat on the yeah, yeah, and like stick its arm through the yeah. window or something. It maybe it's right. a cabin. <laughs> what is it? A cabin or an the RV? one I saw? It looked like it was an RV, uh, but I, I mean, know. there could be multiple levels. I can't yeah. imagine the whole game takes place in this one RV, but I could be wrong. I I don't know. That'd be Horror fun. games in VR are total different. It's it's yeah. rough. It's yeah, really I would imagine so. I can't do VR. It just makes me sick. I get headaches, and I just can't. <laughs> yeah, I I actually do not get sick from VR, which is great. Yeah, me too. Jack brought his over yeah. when he first got his your your PlayStation VR, yep. and we played something. And I had the worst headache for like the next day and a half. It just was horrible. It's like never again. <laughs> I, the way, I could actually. They can make myself. seven Jason films in an RV, then they can make any game in an RV. <laughs> it valid point. Very valid point. <laughs> All right, Jack, what you got? I had, well, I was going to go with uh, Twilight Zone the movie, but then we got into the video games and it just reminded me of uh, Silent Hill 2. Because that mm. game, I, yeah. there's not really one point in that game. It's just the whole game itself. I had a, my bedroom was down in the basement. So I had a couch with surround sound and shut the lights off. And I had to, I literally had to stop and take a break from that game because I was just too jumpy yeah, way too jumpy i'd come upstairs and they my roommates were just like you all right i'm like i need to take a goddamn break pale and sweating yeah. <laughs> i mean once that radio static starts coming on and then the, everything changes to the the deteriorated fence the hospital looking everything's all rusty and it's mm. dark anyway so yeah that, that was just so much unease but i loved every minute of it it's weird that you uh, say Twilight Zone the movie because I just told Brooke yesterday I was like I'm in the mood to watch that movie. Like, I do want to watch it because it's, it's been good so movie. long. Yeah. What scene were you going to say? Is it the opening? Because uh, that used to scare the hell out of me with, with Dan, Dan Aykroyd. No, that one was nothing. It was the <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> the one with the kid that ran the house, with the rabbit. Oh, yeah. When the rabbit comes out of the hat and it's all just skinless and big giant, and gnarly huge. and yeah. huge. Yeah. That and then the very last one with the the gremlin on the wing when its face is mashed up against. Yeah, the, there's a that one. Ugh. There's a monster on the wing, except it wasn't Shatner. They, they it was John Lithgow in that one. Yes, uh, yep. But that brought the whole um, Dan Aykroyd thing full circle. Because remember when they pulled him off the plane, you could see the wing actually was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they put him in an ambulance to take him to the hospital. And then Dan Aykroyd turns around. He's the ambulance driver. He's like, "Hey, you want to see a scary face?" <laughs> and then it just do 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 do. I was like, "Oh, I got to watch it again." I hope I just didn't spoil the whole thing for everyone. Have you guys seen it? Nope. Oh, it was ruined. I was, you know, I was planning on watching it yesterday, tomorrow. Now it's <laughs> yesterday, tomorrow. I, that's what I get for trying to be a smartass. <laughs> yes, it is, Alex. How Man. dare you? <laughs> well, you'll be waiting for that rabbit, but you won't know when it's going to pop up. So it'll get you if it gets you. You know, the thing about uh, that was when the kid that can control people with his mind mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, the, the girl in that that he puts in the cartoon who's running. Yeah. 
That's Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart That's Simpson. Right, yeah, that was a creepy one. The yeah. the scariest one was with the uh, the old people that kicked the can and turned into kids. That was the scariest one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like the most lighthearted one. Wasn't yeah, it was. wasn't there? Wasn't the first one like the bigot who was put on the? Uh, I don't know. He like got on a train and all of a sudden became like he was in the Holocaust or something. I don't remember that one. I don't remember. It's been a long time. I just remember the Dan Aykroyd. You want to see something really scary? And then he turns around. And he's a monster. The yeah, kid like that controlled the world. The, the old people kicking the can. And then the airplane at the yeah. end. I think that was it. I've only owned it on VHS, so I'm at a big disadvantage. I need to either find it on streaming or, or get the DVD. All right. Um, I guess my pick is going to be, have you guys ever played? This game was on uh, Xbox, first Xbox, called The Suffering. No, but I, I've watched the playthrough of it. The, I haven't played it personally. Is that the the prison? The, yes. the dude in prison? Yes. Yes, I remember renting that from Blockbuster. Now that was creepy because like you start, you're in your cell and the lights start flickering. You hear people screaming and all of a sudden you're just let out and you're walking around getting clues, trying to figure out what's going on. But a few of the scenes I remember, like you walk into the room where there's like uh there's like security monitors and stuff, but you're looking through a glass window into the electric chair and one of the guards is in this electric chair just getting fried and you're trying to figure out how to turn it off, but you can't and you just watch him die. And you can go up to the security monitors and like hit a button to examine them and look at them. And one of the cameras is in the room where you're at, like behind you. Mm -hmm. So when it goes into the camera, goes into the television view, you see something slowly, like some like zombie dead monster thing, like creeping up behind you. He's like about to stab you. So you're like, shit, 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 you back out quick. <laughs> and there's nothing there. Oh. And then, But the creepiest, a couple of the creepiest ones, there's one where you go into a bathroom and the bathroom's empty and you can open all the stalls. And then when you go in the last stall, you open it up and you look in, nothing there. But when you turn around, the bathroom is full of these like, skinwalker look things that have uh, uh, like blades for arms and legs like all over the room just standing there like with their arms crossed on their chest it's nuts and then when you leave the room one just appears and is like spidering after you like oh my god it was <laughs> that was terrifying. OG Xbox? Pretty sure yeah yeah Xbox and PS2 yeah it's, it was a while ago I, mean, I think they made um sequels though that may have been on like 360 or something i don't know but it was freaky it was freaky talking about cameras did you guys ever play uh five nights at freddy Freddy's? yes i could never really figure that out <laughs> um so i never got I, the full i watched gameplay of it i i didn't really care for to actually play but i did watch gameplay of it what is the actual con i mean i know you're locked in the place overnight and these things are alive but how do you how do you like i think you have to like monitor like your power level because if to like shut the doors and stuff keep the lights on and shit like that you have to like you just have to survive five nights and it's, yeah, you have to watch jump between the video cameras and yeah. they'll come in and get you if you don't shut the doors like there's sometimes I was sitting there and there's like a light right outside the doors of the room that you can flick them on, off and on and the one time I'm flipping through the cameras I'm like okay there's one that's coming up towards me so I shut the door and then I turn the light on and like I saw a shadow from it when I had the light on. So I shut the light off and I was like, all right, he's gone now. So open up the door. And then all of a sudden I turn the light on and there's a face right there. Ugh. It's yeah, it's it, all it is is just 
super tension. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something's there that wasn't there before. But so. is it one of those things like when you're looking at them, they're not moving? Like if you look at them, they won't move. That's why you have to look at the monitors or am I wrong about that? No, there's <clears throat> I don't think there's any movement in the game at all. It's all just static fi- pictures. But you see but you hear footsteps and sounds and stuff, but there's uh. not really any animation in it, I don't think. I mean, it was a hit. I see Five Nights at Freddy's, like, toys and stuff everywhere. But I've got too fond of memories of, like, showbiz pizza, you know, and I don't want to fuck that up. I just don't. Subject, have you seen Willy's Wonderland? No, I want to see that, the Nick Cage movie. That was a good movie. It was actually a good movie. The greatest movie movie ever, yes. Really? I think he says what? He doesn't say anything, does he, Mike? At all? No, he doesn't. Um, His character, I believe is autistic they don't tell you that but he's um i believe his character is supposed to be it was in an interview i believe is where it was kind of explained that his actual like character itself um the way he acts the way he does is because he's supposed to be on the spectrum Mm. and uh so knowing that a lot of people were getting frustrated how his character was written and why he was doing the way he was, but they didn't actually try to think that maybe this character has some depth to him. Maybe there's something about this character that isn't just like the run of the mill protagonist, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I I thought he did an amazing job. He doesn't have any lines. um, That's an easy paycheck right there for him. Jeez. my My favorite parts when he takes his breaks. And he goes and drinks yeah. his coke, yep. and then he, he goes and plays pinball. Break. I remember <laughs> so the people died. <laughs> yeah, there was a part where there was uh, one of the characters. He was like about to go save, and then his uh, lunch break hit, and he was like, just gave the weapons back, and was like, pretty much didn't say it, but was like, you got to fend for yourself, sort of thing, to go take his break. I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a great movie. Um, I remember when that was coming out, but I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I but it's the same that. kind of thing. He's like, like the animatronic <clears throat> things are coming after him. Yep. Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's he... like some psychopaths. <clears throat> their soul, they do like a satanic ritual, and they use the um, Willie's Wonderland as like a thing to kill kids. Hmm. And then they put their souls in the animatronics so they can live. And then the town appeases them by letting people break down into their like buy it and then they have to clean it and when they go to clean it they kill them mm. it's kind of like a chucky aspect i was it. just gonna say i do it <laughs> give me the power i'm gonna do i want to watch that now is i wonder if that's on streaming does anybody know it's on hulu, hulu. yeah no yeah. one's been on my list like since it got added and i just <laughs> never watched it <laughs> <laughs> man that does sound cool though Tis the season for that time of movie too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that and uh, Twilight Zone. I gotta watch that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. All right, I think we got time actually. For we blew through those pretty quick. Um, does anybody have one more they want to mention? I know you got some, Randy. Yeah, I got one that you're probably <clears throat> gonna hop on with me. Uh, so Jurassic Park, uh, the scene where. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the snickering from everybody. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, this the scene where she just turns the power back on, Elliot Sadler, and then she's like celebrating and backs up, and the freaking oh. raptor hits the. Well, before that, um, remember uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's arm, arm comes down yeah, on her yeah, shoulder. Yeah, that's right. She's like, oh, Mr. Arnold, and it's severed, and it just looks so waxy. It looks <laughs> like it's straight from a spirit Halloween, but. I mean, I'm splitting hairs. Like, if that's the worst special effect in that movie, then I think they did damn good. Yeah. It still holds oh, up. Sure. 
Those Raptors looked amazing in that film. Mm-hmm. It, and it's crazy. By how the way, that's Adam Jones from Tool. The guitarist did a lot of the animatronics for that. Really? For the yeah, first look Jurassic up. Park? For the first Jurassic Park, yeah. He worked on the animatronics. No shit. Hmm. Adam I've Jones. I've never known yep. that. I like that movie even more now. <laughs> I'm a huge Tool fan. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Thank just, you. It just blows my mind how there have been six of those films. And, you know, with modern technology and stuff, these newer ones still don't look nearly as good as that first one. Mm-mm. It's crazy, isn't it? I know those yeah. locusts look pretty real. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you guys see Pushing the on fire. Jurassic World domination? No. No, I haven't yet. Good. Don't. Jeremy, I heard like a three hour okay, tangent. But... What was that? I wait for it to $1.99. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's in Redbox, so you might get your him. wish there. But um, fuck, was it bad? Really? I'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole because <laughs> Randy's going to have to drag me out. <laughs> but all right, we're going to jump to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to the guys about the Tour Gaming Expo. Stick around. If you're a fan of the Nintendo Entertainment System, then you'll love Nest Pro Magazine. Nest Pro is a quarterly Nest-focused magazine brought to you by Nest professionals from all walks of life in every corner of journalism and content creation. Nest Pro features articles, editorials, and interviews from some of the coolest Nest people around. We are also innovating and pushing the boundaries of what makes a gaming magazine by creating new categories loaded with awesome content for our readers. Take a trip into the past with content and collectibles that go beyond your expectations from a gaming magazine. Visit nestpromagazine.com to subscribe today. That's N-E-S-P-R-O magazine.com. All right, we are back from commercial and once again joined by Mike Coletti, Alex Johnson, and Norm Blythe. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here. Hope you're having a good time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank What's you. For commercial about cola diet. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's holding up a generic can of uh, cola to the camera here that can't even say diet cola. It says cola diet. Cola diet. And he seems to really be enjoying it, too. So I'm, I'm happy for it's you. It's okay. <laughs> it takes, like, cinnamon carbonation and water. And, and now Mike's twitching on the floor. We... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, It's uh, unicorns with rainbow out their asses. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, you, you're, the, you're the founder. You're the head of the uh, Tour Gaming Expo. So for the people who at home who don't know, why don't you tell them a little bit about Torg? Right on. Um, TORG stands for the Ohio Retro Gamer. Um, back in 2015, after I got home from the Marine Corps, uh, I started collecting again. And um, I wanted to have a community of friends to actually collect with. And I didn't really see too many Facebook groups in Ohio um, that kind of had like a good community around it. So I created the Ohio Retro Gamer uh, Facebook page um, and just kept slowly growing it. Um, met a lot of good friends. Uh, you know, the group of people who were involved with that was ever changing when we first started. Um, about three years in, uh, I wanted to start doing a swap meet. 
And I wanted to find a way for all of us to be able to come together and actually hang out in a real world space. So one of my old buddies, oh boy, Leroy. Um, one of my old buddies um, worked at a hotel and he was like, well, I can get you this room for free. So it was essentially in a hall a hallway over at one of the Hilton's. And um, we had like 10 tables. It was all free. We just let people kind of set up whenever they wanted to. And uh, we had about 30 people show up. It was it was fun. And then I kind of got my taste up for event planning. And um, I just realized it was something I wanted to keep doing. I wanted to grow it bigger. Uh, I could look in the direction of my burger. You won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, it was something that I realized I loved doing. And uh, it was great, a really great feeling to get the community together. together. So every single year, I kind of kept making it a challenge to uh, make it bigger and better. And every single year, we've kind of doubled our numbers. Um this year is set to be our biggest yet. We're doing a lot of fun things. We do our best to uh, make it very community involved and very community focused. Um, we aim to be one of the biggest in the Midwest, but we don't want to be another Midwest gaming classic. We don't want to be another PAX or, you know, those other larger cons. We want to be our ourselves are a unique convention based around the community that still has all of the amenities of the bigger conventions we don't want to lose sight of the really cool things that we do to give back to the video gaming community and even just the nerd culture community because we're not just video games we are primarily video games but we still do trading cards comics toys fan art and things of that sort and um, it's come a very long way. I have an amazing staff. I have amazing uh, heroes and villains. Um, the events, the partners that we're partnering with every single year, they bring their A game. And it's, it's looking and shaping to be an absolutely amazing event. And every single year has been so great. And the numbers for this year just look awesome like i am so confident and stoked it's going to be a very big year for us this, this year for sure and the event itself it's it's one of those where like if you like me have kids and you bring them they're not going to be bored out of their mind they're, they're going to have something to do and they're going to have a blast just as much as you right. have a blast yeah, yeah we, we we do what we can to bridge the gap um between the younger generation and the older generation because our demographic is actually uh, younger than a, like, for instance, you got Cordscon, which is also in Columbus. They have an older demographic. Uh, our demographic is actually younger um, because we are very family oriented. Like you were saying, Randy, for instance, like this year, we have a huge dedicated space just for kids zone. Um, last year we had over 80 pride prizes and you guys helped with that. Um, uh, just for kids, we the amount of activities and cool things that we have planned for kids and their families is just crazy compared to what we've ever done. And uh, even the gaming exhibit that we have, the exhibit is there for an educational value. Of course, it's awesome. Like for people our age, you know, mm -hmm. um, your guys' age, 
Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, he's, not settle down, Grandpa Jack. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Just kidding. You know, we're not that far off. But um our our us being in the older generation, you know, it's like cool that we can go and see these consoles, but it's even cooler to see um these children that are growing up on iPads, you know, kind of right. see the technology of yesteryear, you know, being able to see one of the first Pongs, being able to see an Intellivision, um, a Magnavox Odyssey and stuff like that, and just kind of look at it and realize how it was designed and looked to be so sleek and so unique and so cool, but looking at it compared to the common cell phone, like it's nothing. (laughs) But it gives them an appreciation and it just helps them connect to our passion of video gaming you know so it's like it's it's a good way to if your kid isn't super into retro games it's a really good introduction starting with the foundation of education and kind of just being like look at all these things came before you were even thought about you know right so (laughs) it's a really cool thing i mean and there's so much stuff throughout the event space that helps bridge that gap and if you have a kid that's already into retro gaming because you know you've had games laying around like for instance when my girl comes um in december here soon when she gets to the age of which she wants to start playing video games i'm going to have a blockbuster room set up where i'll let her actually go in and rent a game for a week (laughs) (laughs) i don't really care you know the thing is is i don't care to let her play some of the modern video games because i'd rather start her on the older stuff to really appreciate what what is available to her now you know yeah sure that's what it uh, should be really give her an atari (laughs) Yeah, well, started on. <laughs> it's yeah, funny I mean, how you I... describe the the uh, you know that that gaming exhibit you know for the older people versus the younger people have never seen it because I remember Kosai a few years back did a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle exhibit and I was like oh shit I'm gonna have to go to that you know but I looked at pictures and all uh, what I was mainly seeing was like the original 80s Playmate toys in glass cases. And I'm like, I got that in the closet, you know. But the, <laughs> but what you said makes a lot of sense. There's so many kids who don't have a clue. So no. very, I'm very sure they, they do try to remake these iterations of these IPs when we were kids. You know, mm-hmm. Power Rangers, how many iterations did that go through? <laughs> They're still going through. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Super Sentai, you know, but like... um all of these IPs that we grew up in, you know, it's not the same. You can look at the different cartoon styles. My cartoon network is nothing like what cartoon network is right now. Mm. You know, it's like, as you guys were growing up, you probably had PBS kids, you know? So it's like the, um, shit, Jack had howdy doody. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, Gumby, but like, um, (laughs) Hey, I loved Gumby growing up. Gumby was the shit. Yeah. But, you know, it's so crazy, though, and you can look in and see how cartoons have changed over the years, and mm-hmm. it almost seems as if it's actually being dumbed down, but it's they're just catering to the market, and that's what they believe what they want now. But then again, it's like being able to show my kid Ed and Eddie or Courage the Cowardly Dog, you know, it's like that generation of cartoons is so much different than what she will be able to see when she gets to that age of 
being able to finally watch cartoons but having just a wider and more like full idea of any genre dealing with anything is just it's more healthy you know mm-hmm. and plus like i said if you're trying to really connect with your kid with video gaming and one of the things that you love doing you know this mm-hmm. convention is essentially it's we're doing everything we can to help bridge that gap because we care about families because families make up the community. Most people are demographic in our age, even though they are younger, it is in that demographic and that age of most people at this point have one or two kids, you know? So mm-hmm. we make it a very safe and fun environment for all of them, even when it comes to cosplay, you know? So for sure. Try to take care of everybody. It's a great freaking time. And we can, uh, we can speak from oh, experience. Yeah. We've gone the last few years and it's always been great. And in those two years, we've seen it, the growth, it grow tremendously. So I can't imagine what this year is going to hold, especially with what you're saying, oh, wow. the numbers you're seeing already. It sounds like it's going to be pretty freaking sweet, man. Oh yeah. But you had mentioned some of the events that are going to be taking place. I know there's competitions happening and, uh, I know there's going to be a tattoo artist on site, right? Yeah. All kinds oh, of different yeah. things you could do. Stop could... through it if you want me to. Just get ready. Say that one more time. <laughs> I say I can run through it if you want me to. Sure. I mean, you don't have to list everything, but I mean, yeah, let's hear some of the events that are going to be there. Sure thing. All right. So uh, let me work from bottom left to top right here. <laughs> All right. So as you walk into the venue, right, you're going to have 244 vendor tables. Uh, that will be split right down the middle. Um, first thing you're going to see is the admission booth. You're going to go past that, and then you're going to see the Canned Air podcast slash uh, uh, door prize area. And the general announcement area slash trivia that also will be ran by you guys. Um, it will be elimination trivia. There will be four squares. Cool story, dude. Um, there will be four squares. They will be colored. And you will answer essentially by going into one of those colored squares. Uh, they will also have a special guest of Chuck the Fairy, who will do his absolute best to explain video games. And he does it really bad. And you'll have to do your best to figure out which one it is. All right. So <laughs> on the left side, we have the kid zone. The kid zone will have um, face painting. It will have crafts every hour. They will have scavenger hunts, challenges, free play area for themselves as well. They'll have their own cosplay contest. Um, there will be a Mario RC, like a RC racetrack for oh, with Mario me. characters. Yeah, it'll be really cool. Sensory path um, and just areas for their parents to chill as well. Um, that area is actually being ran by Rock'em Sock'em. Uh, they are based out of Toledo. And then we're making our way up. You'll have the video gaming exhibit. There will be over 130 consoles that will be on display. That's not even including handhelds um, going anywhere from the first Pong to current gen. And they will be, the majority of what will be in that case will be um, mostly rare or unique items. We will have regular common variants of things, but we're trying to fill it with things that you may not often see. Um, in addition to that, we have invited out for the power duo, we have the immortal John Hancock and author Brett Weiss. And oh, both yeah. of them will be there right on. Yep. Both of them will be there uh, just talking with everybody about gaming history and doing some cool interactive things over there. Also selling homebrews and uh, Brett Weiss's book. 
moving up, we have a the tabletop area. The tabletop area will have, I believe, 80 free play tabletop games and will also have a round table D&D session going, which means, say, for instance, you've wanted to get into D&D, but you either, one, don't know how, two, don't have anything, anybody to play with. What happens is you walk up to the table, um, they give you a pre-made character sheet, and then you get thrown into the shit. And you try to survive as long as you can. It allows you to like experience firsthand what it's like to play D and D with a dungeon master. And, um, it's like a really quick, uh, hit the ground running sort of, uh, session, which is fun. A lot of people enjoy doing stuff like that. Above that, we have the cosplay area. We have casual and competitive cosplay this year. Um, there will be three different variants of that as far as like the judging and stuff goes. We have an amazing cosplay team this year. Um, they've made it a very fun and safe environment for anyone that is either just interested in doing cosplay for the first time all the way up to the pro level. Um, all of them are professional. Uh, their information is on torgevents.com forward slash cosplay. Um, we do have, uh, signups right now, by the way, but, um, there is a $400 cash total prize pool for that. So the winners will end up getting cash value. And then we also have prizes for kids as well. Um, so there will be an adult and kids section, both casual and competitive. There is no age limit. And you can choose which one you would want to participate in. You can actually participate in both. All right. We're making our way over to center stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. My mouth gets dry talking about this stuff. But, um, just take another just sip of cola, cola diet. Cola diet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Beat you to it, Alex. Yeah. Hold on. Let me just some brand. I need to sponsor me. <laughs> Tour cola. Um, <laughs> I, I I asked him if we were having tour cola. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe easy. next year. Yeah. All right. So where was I? All right. 244 vendor tables. Just remember that it's the largest vendor space in Ohio. Um, it actually rivals some of the biggest in the Midwest. Um, uh, so center stage up on the stage, you'll have the Dr. Mario championships. Um, we have people flying in from all over the world to uh, compete in Dr. Mario. It is a free tournament. And there is a thousand dollars in the cash pools to the winners. Ooh. Yeah, it's a lot wow. of money. All right, making our way to the right, uh, top right, you'll see the tattoo shop where they will have flashes that you can go in and get a relatively, I believe it's actually cheap, the prices they sent me, uh, but good, <laughs> good tattoos, video gaming tattoos on the flashes that they have. Um, they will also do reference work. So if there's something specific that you want um, that they don't have, as long as you have a picture, they can print it and do it for you. So you can get live tattoos at the video gaming convention. A lot of people think that when it says tattoos, they think it's temporary. These are live video <laughs> game tattoos. And also, if you get Torgman, the 8-bit version of Torgman, you'll get VIP for life. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. I'll let you in. I'll let you in until the end of days. Um, <laughs> so making our way down now, we have the casual and competitive tournament. The area is actually kind of set up like an octagon because um, you have to purchase a $10 competitive pass to get into the competitive area. Reason being is that $10 then goes into a prize pool. 
And all of that money, 100% of that money goes out to the winners, but it's first and second place with a 70-30 split. So say, for instance, right now, I believe we have 42 people. That's $420. You know, the more people that enter, um, that prize pool just keeps going up. Uh, that will end up going out to first and second place. Not to mention, um, there are three, there are seven events total. Four of them are time brackets. So it'll be from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And only the top five high scores earn points. And those four games... If you place first place in any of them, you get that console and game as a prize. Wow. Even though you may not win, even though you may not win the overall tournament, you still potentially could walk away with a system and game. Damn. So it's money well worth ten bucks, and plus it's fun video games all day. Now, if you don't want to get into the competitive bracket, um, you don't want to spend the ten bucks, or you just don't feel like being competitive that day, it's fine. We have casual tournaments as well. Um, our games that we have that span casual and competitive are all over the place. There are variety tournaments. We do that on purpose. We know a lot of conventions like to tailor to certain like niche games like Smash Bros or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, those nice. stuff like that. Gold, exactly. Um, Call of Duty, you know, stuff like that. We we have games such as Pong, uh, Dig Dug, uh, Pac-Man. Guitar Hero, <laughs> uh, Madden 96. You know, so it's it's literally all over the place because <laughs> we want everyone to have an advantage and disadvantage in the same sense. We do have a mystery game, and that game most likely will be anyone's. It most likely will not require any skill, and it will be luck-based. Um, just to, you know, throw a bone into everything. But we're not going to tell too much about that but anyways the casual and competitive games they are all over the place you can find them on our website we wanted to have a good fun variety of games that everybody would actually enjoy all right so making our way down the next thing down is going to be our free play area um our free play area is relatively huge we're going to have over 30 uh crt set up with games ranging from the Atari 2600 all the way up to PS3. Some of the top rated games that are listed for party play uh, over in the free play area for each system. So that's going to be fun. That's ran by play it. Uh, and I'm sorry, uh, the tournaments are ran by game arena. The free play will be ran by play it games, which is in Clintonville. They have three locations. Um, and then making our way down, we're getting there. Uh <laughs> pokemon tournament we are having a pokemon trading card game tournament we have about 200 dollars in value for prize for that one uh buddy radical reggie is going to be down there so have you guys ever seen uh that louder with crowder guy he's like a a right-wing dude that goes to universities and rds with people no Mm-mm. It's it's the change my mind mean guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we're doing that with Radical Reggie. So what he's going to do is every half hour to an hour, he's going to write something on his board, and say, for instance, it'll say something like, "Mario Bros. Two is the best Mario's game." Change my mind. And if you can sit down with him and give him a valid argument as to why it's not or why it is, depending on what he writes, he'll give you free door prize tickets. 
That's all you wow. gotta do. You just gotta sit down, engage with him, have some little fun banter between you two. I mean, in sure. regards to whatever it is, it's most likely going to be something completely outlandish. But you'll get free door prize tickets that you can go and put into the door prizes. <clears throat> and then on the bottom right corner, we have the VIP lounge. If you got VIP, you'll have a custom seating area, uh, outlets, charging stations, uh, padded seats. There will be food that is specifically, there's a food station that will only be accessible to uh, VIP and uh, whatever else we decide to throw over there. That's where the lobster will be. Lobster, yeah. <laughs> right? But um, aside from that, I mean, uh, the door prizes this year. There's over six thousand dollars in door prizes, and a very small portion of that has actually been donated. We do a lot of our door prizes out of pocket because we want to take care of our guests, so we make sure we get the good stuff. <laughs> you sure. know, plus the custom Game Boys that we got and the custom arcade stick that we got donated to us, like. They are amazing. They That's are awesome. board yeah. branded. And we also just heard that one of the custom uh, Game Boy vendors that will be there uh, is making a custom Hoarder, Torque Man, and Torque Man uh, Game Boy SP for all three of them. What? That will be engraved. Yeah, it'll be engraved with their colors. He's so stoked. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be metallic shell. Um, everything will essentially be metal, like, or I think, steel i think it's what it is but it'll be nice <laughs> that's awesome wow so yeah those so part really... of the vip prices or no those will actually those are different those will be they'll be selling them there is oh, just branded okay. cord stuff yep um, even more even cooler yeah <laughs> <laughs> you see the wheels turn in alex's mind there yeah i think the horde and what would you say the price of those here. are <laughs> i don't know not gonna be cheap but man it's gonna be awesome but um, I'm I'm super stoked and very very confident for this year. I'm sure I'm missing something, but it is a lot of stuff. It's all right. Whether it's I'm talking about it, it may not seem like it's a lot of stuff, but the entire day is just jam packed full of activities. You know, the scavenger hunts for kids. As they complete scavenger hunts, they get stamps. Then they get to go back in a wheel. And um, there are three chests. It's a large, a medium, and a small chest. And depending on which one it lands on, they'll get to open that chest and pick whatever prize they want out of that chest. Just as a fun thing that they can do. And a lot of the things on the scavenger hunt is actually um, parent and kid related. Very a lot of fun. After we'll going to Cleveland Gaming Classic a couple weeks ago, there was a, a lot of people there. There was a lot of vendors there. They had a cosplay contest, but I don't think there was anything close to what Mike explained. Oh, yeah. Going I, on I can't imagine. Not, nothing like that. Incredible. Now, you said you mentioned uh, three people that I need not only you three guys, but Jack to also kind of elaborate on for me. We're talking Torgman, and then we're talking the villains Hoarder and Torque Man. Can we, can we get these guys' stories and uh, just tell us a little bit about them? Well, Torque Man's not a villain. Oh, he's not? I thought he was a villain. No, he's no. He's just a grumpy old man. No, he's a sidekick. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. I, I thought he was a villain. He's like, he's, a like, little... um, he's like the Batwoman of uh, the third people. I think there's going to be, be really, fighting. We have a rare occurrence. Puts you in your place really have... quick. 
What's we that? have the three cousins. It's a rare, rare occurrence because we have we do have the three cousins of all three characters here. Now, when <laughs> okay. I say characters, the two heroes and and the one um, apparently misunderstood uh, anti-hero, <laughs> the Lindsay Lohan of the group. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a description. I know exactly what you meant. Wow. So. Um, it's funny because, you know, uh, Torg Man actually started out as an 8-bit character. Um, everybody kept telling me he looked like Superman. I'm like, nah, he's got a big T on his chest, not an S. But, um, <laughs> Very you know, different. I, I met up with a I met up with an artist and I was like, this is this is what I would imagine this guy would look like. And uh, Ash is her name, Ash, Ash Bay. And uh, she brought him to life. And then ever since then, uh, I found a guy that essentially was him and um, Norm's cousin. And uh, <laughs> his superpower, actually, um, Alex, what, what was a uh, man's superpower? He saves the town. He saves the town? What was his superpower? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I got to be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, total awesomeness is what it is. So I'll tell you, the game. I mean, essentially, what his his what I always imagined his superpower being is he could take any video game um, weapon or object and manifest its power. He could use whatever whatever item, video game item that he came across. That's why um, he'll be carrying a uh, if I can fix it, a Hylian shield. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a word on the street he might have a, a buster a buster cannon yeah mega man gun <laughs> oh really yeah maybe wow maybe, if it can happen but you know um a minecraft sword he's always had random things throughout the years he's uh he's a very lovable goof very the kick personality he gets all the credit and then there's a uh, Torque Man, not to be confused with Torque Man, uh, always under Torque Man's shadow, and that's his <laughs> whole, that's his whole thing. <laughs> Just to be in the shadows. <laughs> Luckily, he got an upgrade, yeah. so he's not quite as mistaken for Torque Man as he was yeah. last year. Yeah, you can like, he's like Dick Grayson, but not as cool as Dick Grayson. You know, like, <laughs> he's like, like Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he was having an identity crisis. The problem is, is that apparently Torque Man had the big T first, and then Torque Man came along and took it. But you know, who's to say? Yeah. And then uh, having a little bit of an identity crisis, and he became the uh, the Batman of the uh, Mike Coletti universe. What was it called? The MCC. The MCCU, the Mike yeah. Coletti commercial universe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so now, uh, and, uh, well, Jack, he's your cousin. You might be able to explain him a little bit better. <laughs> well, he's just a, a backyard brawler that decided to take in a, getting justice into his own hand and was fighting crime when he was wearing red and blue, and then he got, kept getting called Torg Man for some reason. And then they, they ran into each other last year when he was trying to save someone from that hoarder guy stealing a, oh. someone's video game on the street. And then Torgman just shows back up out of nowhere after been been uh, in hiding for a year. Sounds kind of lame. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> that is kind of lame. It, it kind of reminds me games. of kind of reminds me of Nicholas Cage's character from Kick-Ass, the Bat Dead. Oh yes, <laughs> just, Daddy. just legally distinct <laughs> enough from Batman. That was that was Torkman and Torgman to each other. It's like comparing the GoBots to the Transformers. Like you know, you get them for Christmas, and you're like, "Man, I got my I got my Optimus Prime," and you end up getting like Major Prime or something like that. And you're like, "Shit!" I I was one of those kids who got GoBots on Christmas morning. I wanted Optimus Prime, not Leader One. This is like a gyro robo. My cousin will beat your cousin up. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin's stronger than your cousin. But the hoarder, um, the hoarder was actually initially. he he was kind of made off of a stereotype um, within the gaming community, and I was uh, his whole premise uh, was everything's gold to the hoarder. That's why his entire armor, all of his setup, it's all gold because it's all gold to him. That's why he hoards. He loves it all. He wants it all. That's where his his character inspiration came from. Is just uh, he he wants it all. And he'll get it however he can, but. From what I hear, I mean, Alex, you know, you're his cousin. You said that he's he's misunderstood. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He's very misunderstood. Well, last year yeah. he did say something that he's a changed man, but then he, he was right back to it when he tried to steal a switch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like it, it sometimes people change, but then there are circumstances and you're like, well, I'd be a fool not to try and take advantage of this and so see how right. it plays out for me. So he's kind of like, like the Harley Quinn of the MCCU then. <laughs> Minus the booty shorts, yes. <laughs> Which I that think he should wear the booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. I actually agree. <laughs> That's, I, you got a third uh, agree here, so it might yeah. be unanimous. I've worn them before. I, I, won't, I won't put that on Alex. So the hoarder's um, design too. It's it's funny because he he's gone through a couple iterations himself. He was oh yeah. Um, his whole getup is supposed to look like he grabbed it from a flea market and he just put it together. And um, that's that's what we stuck with. But um, he also got an upgrade. What it looks like, um, Alex? Did you help him with that or what's up? Uh, no, I didn't help him at all with that. I just, you know, I saw him again one day and he just had this badass like Viking helmet kind of thing going on. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know where you, f- I don't know what junk pile you pulled that out of, but it's pretty cool looking. Ha- hashtag uh, nerd merch by Jack Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that benefactor yeah, looking at people everywhere. Benefactor, he seems to be supplying not only the villains but the heroes. He he's kind of playing both sides. Well, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's bastard. as all the best suppliers do. You gotta play both sides. <laughs> all their money <laughs> spends the same. People. Yeah, There's not enough demand same. from just one side or the other. <laughs> oh, so the. Yeah, the 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 dynamics between these characters. Um, Torque was initially actually he was supposed to be a bad guy, but um, uh, he just decided he was gonna you know not be a bad guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know now how they do. Is, now we have a Mario Luigi complex going on. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and honestly, it's me, a talk man. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Um, they they do an amazing job and uh they'll be 
back at it again this year. The hoarder, I'm sure, uh, he'll probably find a way into the venue before anybody else, and they'll be there interacting with everybody. I mean, it's it's uh, ground zero when it comes to uh, toward the MCCU shenanigans. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I and can't promise I VA... didn't buy him a ticket. With VIPs, there's special things going on between the three characters too, right? Which is. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you there, need to know. So there's a, we have a timed meet and greet that we, we haven't talked to them about yet. That's why I don't know about this. Photo ops. <laughs> oh, photo ops. Yeah. And some cool stuff um, in that regards. Now um, you guys will see them running around throughout the day. Uh, they will be getting into incursions, so keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for the hoarder, because he'll definitely try to take your stuff, add it to the horde, because um, he needs more armor, apparently. Um, apparently. <laughs> he's a grown boy. One year he'll just be a Katamari of video game parts yeah. rolling around. <laughs> Is there a person in there? <laughs> Every year, he just got to have more and more NES games on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, you know, we and saw firsthand guys... last year what a success these characters are with the people attending the con. Especially like, the kids. I mean, yes, they were eating it up. And um, it's just going to be so cool to see it again happening. And, you know, yeah. with you guys, or the, excuse me, their upgrades and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the up to tendance. It's just going to be really cool. I'm excited. Toward man, uh, actually was pretty brutal to the kids last year. <laughs> yeah, he was. They, they had to beat him in rock, paper, scissors, and he was, uh, showing no mercy. <laughs> and, uh, I believe torque man was a little bit easier because he was letting the kids win. So is that just because he's well, slower? Jack, <laughs> with our family, we don't, we don't take no L's. Um, it's, it's a family passed down. No mercy. <laughs> the funniest thing I'll tell you, I walked up on a kid uh, challenging. One of the challenges was on the, the scavenger hunts that you had to beat Torg Man or Torg Man in Rock, Paper, Scissors. So these kids would just chase uh, Torg Man down and they were rolling together. And they would just constantly sit there and uh, challenge them to rock, paper, scissors. And um, <laughs> Tord Man's just sitting there smashing this kid. He's like, best two out of three. And he smashed him three times in a row. And then he was like, he just turned around and started running the other way. And all I heard was him say, uh, he was like, try me again if you want to lose. And then, <laughs> and then Torque was like, uh, he was like, I'm sorry, Torque man's beating your kids. <laughs> What's going on? Well, like you said, no mercy. No mercy. <laughs> right. Oh, it was great. But the thing is, at the same time, the hoarder, you know, everywhere the hoarder goes, same with Torque, like, uh, Everybody wants pictures with the guy that's has a bunch of video games strapped to his chest. <laughs> I, hell, I got my I'll own tell you the thing about my cousin. Really, so. I'll so. tell you the thing about my cousin. He's not the hero we need or deserve, but we got him. 
<laughs> and that's what counts. That's who we got. That's who we got. Man, if there's ever a Torgman movie, that's going to yes. be right under the title. That's like the catch. That's the catchphrase there. Torgman game in the works that'll hopefully be done by quarter one of next year. Well, I'll put that awesome. as the slogan. Is, is it stuck in development hell there, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I realized I just don't have enough time. If I had enough time, that thing would have been done months ago. But yeah, it's uh I don't have I don't have the time to learn how to code. I did <laughs> oh, all the shit. graphic work. Did all the graphic work, designed all the levels, designed all the enemies, all the gameplay, all the action sprites, everything, even how the game was going to play. And then uh the guy that I had kind of programming it in the back uh bailed out on the project. And then I've had a couple people try to step in and try to help me with it, but then they get too busy and mm -hmm. I'm just too busy to learn. So hopefully as soon as uh, everything calms down a little bit, we'll be able to get that going on because it will be a physical release on the Nintendo, uh, the original Nintendo, and hopefully will be available to play on our website for free. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And we'll be selling it at cost. We don't really care to make a profit. We just want people to have the game. That's so, so cool. um, yeah. So whenever we get that done, it's called Torgman, the adventures. I mean, the adventures of Torgman part one. And he is, he got zapped into a Nintendo cart and he has to fight through five iconic Nintendo games levels. So the first level is Mega Man inspired and then Metroid um contra duck hunt and uh ninja turtles so like um oh, shit. yeah all five levels you go through it plays just like mega man and uh it should be a lot of fun hopefully i'll be able to get that out sooner than later but um there's a character uh selection too right you can be two characters right yep oh you get to play as a horror. Uh, we're also if it's possible <laughs> um, the horror is actually the horror is final boss yeah oh um yes so right now we're actually there's two things that we're looking into either it will be two players or there will be a character select you'll either be able to play as um kind of like a mega man x where mega man was um you know he was a shooter mm -hmm. and then zero was saber so either melee or gun um it will have that same concept with torque being melee based where he does more damage, but has no range. Um, but we're also looking into hopefully, hopefully, hopefully doing it two player because that would be way cooler to have you be both torque and toward man, both in the same room. Like contra style. The same. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so put your little yeah. brother on the torque man. And then letting you actually play the big yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that it's it's in theory going to be a really fun game, very challenging game. I made it not easy because you know it's the thing with those older generation games is they need to be tough because if not, you'll beat it within two hours. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be multiple attempts <laughs> right. to be entertaining in that system. But yeah, that's uh that's uh essentially the ethos with that sort of stuff i think i used that in the right term but um here soon i don't think it's going to happen this year but soon there will probably be more characters that come into the mccu Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's it's a lot of stuff and you know 
dealing with branding and things of that stuff. Um, it's just another avenue that think of it this way, Torque man, Torque and the hoarder are like the spirit of the con, <laughs> the fun and the silly stuff that they engage in throughout the day is just the environment that we're trying to like embody with everything else. We want the event to be awesome, but we also want you to be invested and engaged into the world that we built outside of the convention. You know, there are not too many conventions. Actually, I can't even think of any conventions that have their own mascots, have their own heroes no. and villains. That's where our guys come in and they just make the overall experience just more unique, more fun, more personable. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait, especially after hearing you guys talk about it. I encourage the, uh, everyone at home to go to torgevents.com, find out more, get your tickets, get those VIP tickets, man. You can get photo ops with these characters. How freaking cool is that? And uh, see all the many things Mike was just talking about. And guys, thank you so much for taking time to be here. This has been a blast. Appreciate all you guys being here. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank Always you guys for having you us. Guys. It's been a ton of fun. Good, good. Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to KDARE Podcast, where you can listen, like, follow, subscribe, listen to some episodes, see who's been on the episodes, buy some merch, become a patron, and even click the link that I'm going to put up on the website for the Torg Expo. Even better. Make it even <laughs> easier for the people. Shortcuts. We love the shortcuts. Yes. All right. Find us on Twitter at KDARE Pod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, go to where Jack was just telling you to go, KandarePodcast.com. There's a merch link and a Patreon link. Ways to support us and get some stuff back in the meantime and ladies and gentlemen next week is our halloween episode coming out and me and randy were talking before we started this is shaping up it's probably going to be like a three hour long episode it's going to be very Christ, very really? girthy yes very girthy and veiny episode and it's going to uh be just a bunch of people who are coming on to tell us their uh ghost stories things that happened to them and uh so far it's been a lot of fun to record we have got one more story to record and then i can start assembling it so uh, be prepared for that. Randy, what am I forgetting? Speaking of girthy, go to our Patreon and check out our uh, massive catalog of other uh, content that you mm -hmm. can pay for. And also check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. <laughs> I'm Alex Johnson. I am Mike Galetti. And I'm Norman. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. Stop, you'll break through the ice. 
Snow job! Grab this branch. You should have been listening to Canned Air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um... G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.